Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye. 103.8. Well, hi there. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd, and welcome into this podcast. On the show this week, Rove Hotels came up with a very novel idea. They've teamed up with Nikon, and you can send festive postcards with all your family's pictures to your loved ones wherever they are. We also spoke to Emirati singer songwriter B, and what a talent he is, and he's actually written a Christmas song. Global Village has got lots going on, and uh, we caught up with the management there to find out exactly what and what an oud player we had in the show. No ordinary oud player, I can tell you. Joseph Tawadros, singer and composer, played live for us, and he blew our minds. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. You certainly are, and welcome back to the show, and it's the talk of the town, the talk of the planet, really, at the moment, (laughs) the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Um, It's gotten itself a 99% score so far on Rotten Tomatoes. That's uh, after 67 reviews. Is it going to get a high score from our very own movie critic on the show today, William Mullally? How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Very good, William. So, is it going to get 99% or it might go one better and get 100? But judging from that laugh there, I'm I'm not getting the vibe. So, tell me, William. Okay, so I watched it last night, so I'm still processing it a bit. But I think it's my least favorite of the three Tom Holland movies. That's my immediate reaction. What? I know I'm killing people's hype. What? I'm just ruining people's <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but i got to be honest. You know, I'm always yeah. honest with you. Yeah. That's uh, how I'm feeling right uh, now. Why, why, why are you saying that? Well, you know, what, what's, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, there's a part of it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, surprise that this movie holds. Some people may have expected. Some that people just completely don't expect at all. So I, I do think that for fans of this series, it, it, it is like picking up a great video game, going on a great theme park ride. In terms of just pure storytelling, in terms of just pure character work, it feels a bit like they were, one, trying to do too much, and two, trying to do too little. Like, in a weird way, it feels smaller. So, okay, basically the setup here, um, this is the, what are we at? Uh, Eighth Spider-Man film overall. Okay, okay. um, And the third of the Tom Holland films. And... Basically, the the ending of the last one in the extra credit scene, J. Jonah Jameson, um, played by J.K. Simmons once again, has revealed that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And so we're dealing with this directly where the last one ended. Peter Parker is dealing with the a life where if he is famous, when he is also facing consequences for his actions. You know, um, that he potentially will face you know legal ramifications. There are conspiracy theorists that think you know Jake Gyllenhaal's character from the last one was right about him. He's being harassed in the street, and he really just wants it all to go away. Yeah. So he goes to his friend, Dr. Strange, asks for everyone to forget, but in the process, opens up the doors to other universes. We've already seen the multiverse you know, teased in um, Loki, in um, WandaVision, and even in the last Spider-Man film. So here we finally get it. And as we've seen in the trailer, we have the villains from the previous films pop up. We have... Um, you know, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus. We have Jamie Foxx from Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Electro. And we even have Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Almost 19 years um, after the last one came out. Actually, almost 20 years. <laughs> 19 and a yeah. half years. Yeah. Since we first got um, Willem Dafoe in that role. And I, I think while it does, you know, provide a lot of fun for fans and for people who love this series, 
And it does have, I think, a lot of heart and a lot of soul. It's not just merely, you know, good guys fighting bad guys. There is a, you know, I think it, a surprising aspect of this is that it's really about trying to find a path to something better for those villains, you know. It does feel like, at times, maybe it's too much of a comedy. It, it's, it's like there's, I think, only one scene where I really felt something, emotionally speaking. Whereas something like Avengers Endgame, you know, you're feeling a lot of that. So I feel like the emotional beats of this could have been a lot stronger. And I think I'll go back to it, but I don't know. I'm feeling... <laughs> you got to go I'm, I'm not feeling satisfied <laughs> by it. Uh, let's have a listen in on the trailer then. That's Spider-Man No Way Home. That spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Be careful what you wish for. We started getting some visitors from every universe. The multiverse is real. Looks like we got competition. You're not Peter Parker. I am so confused right now. Parker, we need to send them back. You're thinking, hey, I'm about to do something that could break the universe. Run it by us next time. Deal. Let's catch some multiverse men. Peter, you're struggling. Look, there has to be another way. They're a danger to our universe. Have everything you want. While the world tries to make you choose. So Spider-Man No Way Home, the trailer there. So tell me, William, who have you been talking to? Well, okay. Um, due to some <laughs> snafus, my conversations with everyone um, did not happen this time. But I, I, as I've met you know, Tom's and they, uh, Jacob, everyone over the years, many, many times, I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to go back and hear what Tom wanted this character to be or didn't want this character to be. I think you'll remember this conversation very, very well. In the first time he ever did an interview with anyone, when he was, you know, just a burgeoning star before the movie had even come out, yeah. and he was really just thinking about what he wanted his Spider-Man to be. And I think also this movie sets up a new trilogy in a lot of ways. It, 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 grounds our Spider-Man and it sets him up. And I'm really excited for the future with this character. I think Thomas said he's 25 now. He doesn't want to do it past 30. So hopefully we can squeeze in three more movies mm -hmm. in that time. And I'm really excited to see what he does next. But listening back to, I think, Tom from, you know, five years ago and hearing what he wanted him to be is still, I think, a real, real treat. So let's listen in. It's your first big press tour where you're going to do a million interviews. Yeah, dude, I, I have... Everyone's like, yeah, the press tour will be really fun. You'll really enjoy it. William, we're ready. It's the work dude, part. Dude, I right? am so tired right now. It's unreal. I have literally had not half a second of myself. Well, yeah. All right. We'll jump back into the work part of the work. <laughs> so what did you want your Spider-Man not to be, first of all? Um, the same as what we've seen before. You know, it was important to me to make sure that this was a new version of the character. I didn't want audiences to go to the cinema and see what they've already seen. I kind of feel like a bit of a thief. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I'm very happy with what we created. I think it's something very new and fresh, and I think audiences are really going to like it. I mean, when we're looking at this character, you're digging back into the early days of Spider-Man, mm -hmm. you know, the 60s, like Stan Lee, Steve Ditko type of stuff. Did you dig into that, those early comics to try to get a feel for the character and how he, where he came from? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I went all the way back. The, ca the comics that I connected with most was the Ultimate Spider-Man's. And they were just the most modern and the most sort of uh, the ones that I related to most. 
So I used those as influence for my version of the character, but you know, I definitely went way, way back and was stealing lines here and there for ad libs and stuff. And my phone is littered with screenshots of of the comics that's, as like, that I use for cheat sheets. Tom Holland, then, that was, you know, in the early days when he got the role of, of Spider-Man and how he wanted to uh, kind of form that uh, particular character. Uh, has he done a good job, um, William? Are you a fan? And, you know, what does he rate for you in, in the, uh, you know, the, the list of actors who've played uh, Spider-Man? I think he's still my favourite Spider-Man, honestly. I, I, love, I love Tom as an actor. I think as a person, he just has this ebullient charm. Um, I, I think he's our new Michael J. Fox. I wish he were getting more Michael J. Fox roles. I want more people to cast him in comedy because <laughs> he's so good at that. Um, there are people inside of people are casting him as an action hero or war drama tier. It's just, it doesn't really work for me as well. It's just his pure charm that these movies capture and his boundless energy. So I'm really excited to see the future. But I don't know. But this one just feels like, I don't know if it's a missed opportunity or if it was just misguided to begin with, but it just didn't fully do it for me. And I'm curious to see if anyone else feels that way or if I lower people's expectations now so that they'll enjoy it even more when they go see it. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure they will. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's talk a little bit about the performances, you know, not just Tom, but, um, you know, um, as you said, Alfred Molina is back. Um, Jamie Foxx is back. How did you uh, rate their performances? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think one one thing... All the characters that have been previewed in the film or you're expecting to be in the film, I think are given a lot more time than yeah. you'll, um, that maybe you're like, it, this isn't going to be a cameo situation. This isn't just people pop up and they leave. Like you might expect from an Avengers film. Yeah. These they, they do dive into these characters a lot. They talk about their past. They talk about their mortality. They talk about, you know, their, their different journeys. So I do think that that gives, there's some great moments with Alfred Molina. There's some great moments with Willem Dafoe. Um, you know, Jamie Foxx as well. I, th- I feel like I got to know him a bit better here than I did in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm pleased to see those people again. I'm pleased to see those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, know, I don't know. It's just it's not fully there. To me, I think Jacob and Zendaya continue to be, you know, the heart and soul. And they really ground Tom in this film. And I think those characters are still the strongest. Yep. If anyone was the weakest in this film, it was Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know. There's something about the way Doctor Strange was used in this that just didn't fully land for me. Um, so, but I'm really excited to see what you know Sam Raimi does with the next um, Doctor Strange. I guess that's the thing about Marvel. You know, it's, it's like watching a sketch comedy show. Like even if you don't love one, there's another great one around the corner for you to get your hopes up for. <laughs> yeah. So in the way, it doesn't even matter how you feel about each individual one. Um, but I, I, I think. You know, it's definitely one where stay until the credits are gone for more surprises and and stay, you know, way well after because it's even more people to see. (laughs) And I I think for fans, for fans, they're going to get everything that they want out of this. Even though I am a fan, of course, I'm not trying to separate myself from that. But I think if there's something you've been hoping for... I, I think this movie will deliver on that. It's going to be packing out cinemas. I'm hearing um, um, things that uh, it's it's the biggest kind of pre-booking um, of of any movie ever here in the, in the UAE. Yeah, and it, it's the, I think the biggest pre-booking of all time. It had the number one. It had more YouTube video views within 24 hours than Avengers Endgame did. It's tracking to be the biggest movie ever. I don't know if you know in COVID times it's able to cross the the two billion mark. But I, I do think that it, in terms of excitement, in terms of the people that are going to be seeing this film, I think this movie probably means more to people than any movie that's come out in recent memory. And I think, 
you know, it, they're building on, I think, something that people connect with even more. You know, Avengers Endgame was building on 10 years of storytelling. This is building on 20. And for people, you know, who grew up with this character, I think Spider-Man always means, like, even if people don't love superheroes, they love Spider-Man. There's something about this character that is just really, really wonderful. And I think, you know, even people like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield really brought something special to it that helped us love him and understand him in a different way. And I think this movie really pays tribute to that. And I really like that aspect of the film. Well, thanks for that frank review, uh, William, and uh, we love you for that. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Dubai I 103.8. We heard uh, William Mullally's um, views on Spider-Man, No Way Home. That's going to be packing out cinemas over the weekend. Where are you taking me next, William? Okay, I have a surprise for you. A surprise? I had the chance to speak. Well, there's a big movie coming out next week as well. Yeah. Um, that has been overshadowed called The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, wow. Are you a fan of The Matrix? <laughs> the Matrix, I, I'm, I'm more of a Spider-Man guy, for sure. But, yeah, The Matrix, I can, yeah, I can enjoy it. Um, I think The Matrix, for a lot of... I mean, for filmmaking in general, it's one of those watershed films. Yeah. Um, it changed filmmaking completely, changed storytelling, changed... I think it's also just become a part of the cultural conversation, the way we view the world, the way we view ourselves, in a way that really few other movies have. I think The Matrix is ultimately probably one of the 10 most important movies ever made, um, just in terms of like cultural effects. Mm, right. um, and so coming back to that world, I think, is a huge treat. And bringing back in you know, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, um, Lana Wachowski directing, I, I think this is a film, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say too much about what we're going to get from this new one. Um, but, you know, I think being able to come back to this series at all is is huge and i was able to speak to um priyanka chopra jonas wow just a, a few days ago okay who's you know kind of one of the biggest stars in the world um yeah <laughs> who joins who joins um this series and shared with me a little bit about what it means to her to join in to this film so let's hear a little bit of that conversation the matrix it's it, i i mean are you kidding <laughs> like there's no question you could ask me to you know play a zero or a one in the matrix and i'd be very happy to do it but um no honestly the idea of being a part of such a legacy movie you know um i remember my childhood self thinking about how the matrix had sort of shifted pop culture and had shifted the way we saw movies and cinema and our imaginations and you know talking about um thinking about consciousness and what is reality and what is perceived reality and just things that you don't really think about very much. And I think the beauty of the movie was that it resonates with so many generations for so many reasons. And um, to be a part of that, especially to get, you know, have the responsibility of playing such a, um, a character that, that has existed through, you know, the previous matrixes um, is, pretty cool i would say <laughs> and the other thing that i loved about this movie is that you know the matrix i think fits in the original at least with this idea that you know it's always us versus the machine of a future that's going to get worse you know but i feel like there's an optimism in this movie and i feel like your character represents a lot of that optimism like a, a unity a, a possibility for something more so is that something you really connected with Definitely, because I think it's such a reflection of our reality. I mean, look at how you and I are connecting today. It's technology, right? Um, through this pandemic specifically and the last decade or so, we've seen how 
relevant, re relevant and prevalent technologies becoming in our lives. So I think that was a very cool thing to have happened in this matrix was to create a man and machine, find peace um, and love, um, especially through my character, was just a really great message. Um, and I, I think that it was very reflective of where we are and what we need as a society today. Yeah, Priyanka Chopra then um, saying, give me any role in The Matrix and I'll take it on. Um, so uh, what more do we know about this film? Or what more can you say about it, William? What more can I say about it? Again, yeah, probably not much. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in the trailer <laughs> that, because I don't want to spoil anything about it. I think even yeah. the, the setup is very interesting. But what's interesting, I think, is, you know, what we saw, you know, the original film is about this this hacker who is met, meets this um, this man named Morpheus who offers him, you know, the chance to, to find out what's really going on. And it finds out that he's living in a simulation and he awakens to that and slowly fights the machines that are keeping people in that civilization to try to give a new hope to humanity. And then we find that he is back in that simulation in this trailer. He is you know, seeing a psychiatrist played by mm. Neil Patrick Harris. He's got a boss named Mr. Smith. Um, and I think really the question is, why is he back in the matrix? What is happening to him? It, what, like what, how did he, how did he get here? And what, is he being kept there for? And I, I think the the fun of this movie, again, I'll just say some broad thoughts on it. I think it is, it's not trying to do too much. It's very much a character film. It's very much based on Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss in, I think, a really enjoyable way. It's a really fun time at the movies. It doesn't, like, I think the sequels to the original Matrix kind of crushed under the weight of their own ambition. And this one really tries to scale back that ambition while still delivering the fun and the thrills and the, the visual dazzle that those original films offered so i think for fans of the matrix this is kind of the sequel that we had hoped for um but you know i, I think in, in in the end of the day we're back for for keanu and for carrie ann and i think they they're truly the best part of it and i think watching keanu you know be able to grow in stature i think to the point where he's probably the most beloved actor in the entire world has been a joy to watch and so watching him being able to to relive you know, some of his greatest hits is, I think, some of the fun of this point in his career. And uh, this is going to be opening when, William? It's going to be next Thursday. So when people have seen Spider-Man six more times um, <laughs> on that seventh <laughs> night, they can go see The Matrix. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much, uh, William. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be flocking to the cinemas this weekend for Spider-Man No Way Home. This is Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. You certainly are on this Thursday as we head toward the weekend. Now, something very unique and special happening for the festive season at Rove Hotels. And uh, to tell us a bit more is Naveen Adnani, who joins us on the show. Naveen, a very good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Lloyd? Very good, sir. So you've come up with you good always come back. up you always come up with unique ideas at Rove. You know, you that that one step ahead of everybody else. Now you've teamed up uh, with uh, Nikon. So tell me about this concept that you've come up with. So uh, Nikon has been a long-standing partner uh, of ours, um, and very recently, uh, actually, just a few months ago, we launched our Rove with Nikon Studio. Um, and the idea is that it's a full-fledged photo studio um, and can be used by the general public mm -hmm. uh, at, a, at a very affordable price point. 
but for the festive period, we decided to do something a bit different. Uh, so we act- actually joined hands in partnership with, a, with Studio K uh, for a professional photographer to come out and do festive photo shoots. Uh, and what we'll do is then take those pictures and send them home to your friends or family that perhaps you can have a chance to go and visit uh, this season. What a nice thing to do and what a very thoughtful thing to do. So uh, we come round, you get us photographed professionally and and then you fire off these postcards um, all around the world. I mean, do we have to dress up for this and really get in the festive spirit? I mean, that's the idea, isn't it? You gotta. You, we'd love to see those wacky costumes, but yeah. we also, you know, if you just want a really nice family portrait, um, or you just want to get together with a bunch of friends and send them to different people around the world, as you like. Uh, the great part is we've got we've got loads of props uh, that are ready okay. in the studios. We've got all your 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 funky glasses. Uh, yeah. Your ugly christmas sweaters if you like <laughs> so we don't uh, have to come on the metro like, dressed up we, we can dress up when we get there to your studio absolutely yeah um so um tell me is this kind of limited to a certain number of people and is this at just one specific rove hotel yeah so yeah our studio is based at rove marina um, and it is during it for a limited time. So it's between the 15th uh, and the 20th. So we started yesterday. We actually launched it yesterday and we've had phenomenal pickup actually to the point where we pretty much almost sold out uh, and we've actually wow. gone in and added more spaces now. Um, the, the best way to book it uh, is to visit our Instagram page. So it's uh, at Rove Hotels. Uh, and in the link, the bio at the top, uh, you will find a link to be able to go and uh, book a space. Uh, and it's as simple as that. Uh, uh, we welcome all our rovers and we welcome the community of Dubai to come around and, and you know, take, well, have some fun with us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of part of the philosophy of the Rove Hotels, isn't it? You know, it's it's very kind of relaxed and it, it's a fun environment, whichever of your hotels. I mean, I've stood a couple of times over at, at Le Mer and, um, you know, just, just absolutely love it. So you're a roving fan. That's I am fantastic. a roving fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're everywhere you want to be. And that's the great thing about us, whether it's from Dara to Expo. We've got nine fabulous, fantastic locations across the city. Um, and every single one of them is so unique and so special in its own way. Um, but yeah, absolutely. For those of you that haven't tried out Rove Hotels or haven't visited us, please come around. Come, you know, we, we welcome the community, which is why we do things like this and which is why we have such amazing creative spaces. Uh, today, I'm sitting in the Rove podcast studio. Yeah. Um, it was another thing that we did earlier last year. Uh, the Nikon, the, the Rove with Nikon studio is another great initiative that we, you know, we've opened up for the public. So, uh, yeah, 100%, please come around. Yeah, y- to see you. you've got those big headphones behind you that I can see uh, in your podcast studio. Now, uh, once again, just coming back to this uh, postcard initiative, uh, where do we need to go to book it? And And then is the postcard actually sent... Um, you know, via email, or is it a real postcard? I don't, I don't know. Okay, so um, to book it, uh, again, please visit our Instagram page, and in the bio or the link on the top, you'll find a direct link to allow you to to find what spaces are available. Yeah. Um, 
and yes, it is an actual postcard. Oh. So when you come out, um, we will we will put together a, a printed photo of it. And we'll create a little postcard. Uh, you give us the address, and we'll mail it out for you. We'll also give you a digital copy. Yeah. Right. So you know, of course, if you want to keep it um, or send it out yourself. Uh, it's open to you. I'm, I'm trying to remember when I last received or sent a postcard, and it's a long, long time ago, and it would be a real novel thing to do, to have a postcard dropping through your letterbox uh, in, in the festive season. I think I was in the Caribbean when I when I sent my mum and dad a, a postcard when I used to work on cruise ships and sent them postcards from the different islands. I mean, have you had a postcard of late, um, Naveen? No, I I haven't, but that's exactly the reason you do it, right? Uh, you do the unexpected. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, time when people may not be able to travel around, you know, and are definitely missing their family or definitely missing their friends. Uh, it's such, a, you know, it's such a, it, it's such a unique thing. It, it's something that you don't expect and exactly why we want to do it. Well, uh, hats off to you guys. I want to wish uh, uh, yourself and uh, all the team and the management and the staff of uh, Rove Hotels a very happy festive season. And, uh, yeah, we'll be over to uh, get our pictures taken and uh, mail off those uh, postcards. Great initiative for uh, this time of year. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Thursday afternoon. We love our Thursday shows, the weekend just ahead. And I'll tell you, I'm getting messages of love in for our next guest, even before he's gotten himself on air. And it's a real pleasure to welcome singer-songwriter B into the studio. B, how are you? I'm good. It's great to have you uh, on on the show. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. And... Uh, I'm a singer-songwriter from Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, I started my my humble career back in 2020 when COVID hit the world. So it was like either do it now, release the music, or not. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did uh, release the music. And, uh, of course, we're going to play some of that music very, very shortly. Uh, now, tell me a little bit about uh, the influences um, over the years, because I'm, I'm influenced by iconic artists. I'm reading on on my script like Shakira, Beyonce. So, what kind of music oh were you God. into? Okay, so this takes me back to to being a kid and being, you know, in the UAE it's a melting pot, and you have all these nationalities with this amazing influence of music. Yeah. So you have the Indian music on the side, and then you have the classical Arabic, and then you have the pop Renaissance in the 90s. Yeah. And where when that hit, it was just like the first artist that I heard growing up you know, having that Arabic influence with Shakira. I was like, mm, oh, yeah. th- this sounds like something from this region. Okay, she's Lebanese. Wow, that's amazing. But when I knew that this was the moment that I wanted to be an entertainer or a singer-songwriter was when I saw her here in Dubai in 2007. Right. People were mesmerized by her. I was mesmerized by the stage, by the mic, by, by you know, <laughs> the, the backup dancers, by yeah. the whole situation. I'm like... This is going to be me one day. Yeah, she knows how to put on a show. There's exactly. no two ways about that. And uh, and so you were really inspired by seeing that yep. live performance. Yeah. So what did you do next after that inspiration? Well, what happened next was uh, uh, five years of finding myself and finding the right footing. I went into uh, New York Film Academy, Los Angeles. Okay. I studied fine arts and acting. And after that, I uh, came back to uh, Abu Dhabi. And from there, I worked in the government for a bit. And then I did a TV show on Abu Dhabi TV, which was a magazine TV show. But I was doing like cover uh, songs on the side that no one has seen. Like just, just so I can have that, you know, muscle worked out. 
And from there, it was like, you know what? It was getting me closer. Every time I moved away from music, it just pulled me back. Whether it's a new album by Beyonce yeah, or whether it was yeah. a new album by Shakira or listening to classics of Queen or, you know, Bono or whatever yeah. it is. It was just like, it was telling me, come in, come in, back, come in, back <laughs> welcome, to the music. Welcome. welcome to the <laughs> so really, it's more music than acting for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think yeah. it just... It's it's a performance, and and you utilize everything in. If a great script and a movie comes along, then yeah, why the hell not? But mm, right mm. now, it's just my one true love. Yeah, and, and you I, know we're we're Arabs, so we have four wives. Okay, <laughs> now, I believe as well. Um, quite recently, you met um, uh, one of the Pussycat Dolls in, yes, in Nicole yes. Scherzinger, oh uh, and she gave you a, a good piece of advice. Yes, so I had the honor of of uh, singing uh, in Ras Al Khaimah two days ago, actually, for the Global Forum Citizen, and you know how. An artist goes on stage, does their sound check. What's yeah. the worst thing that can happen to an artist is after doing a sound check is going on stage for the live show and something technically happens. It's a different sound. <laughs> it's a different sound. And yeah. I, I, I panicked for like two, three seconds. And then I hear someone in the crowd that goes, Woo, you've got it, B, you've got it. Woo. And I'm like, okay, my eye falls to her directly. And then once that performance is done and I'm like, hitting myself and, 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 and yeah. bawling myself back in the backstage in the green room. And then she comes up to me because she was going next. And she goes, your song was muy caliente, B. And it was amazing. And I know there was some technical difficulties, yeah. but you handled it like a pro. Right. And to hear that from someone on yeah. that caliber, yeah. it was just like the pat on the back that I yeah, needed. That you needed because yeah. the ruler of Ras Al Khaimah was sitting there and I'm like, in my traditional clothing, and I'm singing my song, Never Felt Love, that went number one on iTunes Mena. And all of a sudden, something happens. And the thing is, had it been my fault, <laughs> I would have been, you know, like, yeah, okay, I should have rehearsed better. Then. Yeah, I would yeah. have rehearsed better. Mm. But it was something that, like, you know, was out of control. And I think things happen. Of course. But all, all in all, it was, it was something that I've really you'll, held on to. You'll cherish that memory. Yeah, you'll always, always. It. Like, now she holds this. She used to hold this special part with the Pussycat <laughs> Dolls. Now she holds a special part in my hand specifically. Uh, now, you've been putting pen to paper and putting some notes down and actually writing a song for the festive season. So yes. tell me a little bit about this. Uh, this is one of the, you know, bucket list things that you cross off. Again, growing up here, Melting Pot, UAE, all of the above. We've always been surrounded by holidays from all around the world. Mm. And when, you know, it was, it was coming to me with an idea and writing a Christmas song. I was like, okay, I need to write a Christmas song with the UAE or the Middle East specifically as a backdrop. And we always hear songs about, you know, white Christmas or yeah. it's about a loved one. I'm like, okay, how can we put those two together and... We have a lot of sand. I can magically make sand turn into snow. And that was the idea. <laughs> Bad, this nice. is where it came from. This Christmas, I'm going to make sand turn to snow. And instead of a, a, a Christmas tree, it's going to be a palm tree. So it's really just honing in on yeah. identity as well. Yeah. And the cultural references that I have and just making like a song that, you know, would reflect the culture in a way and still be current. And I've had the privilege, honestly, to be working with Academy Award producer um, Robert uh, Smith, who actually produced for uh, Gaga and um, like a myriad of other artists. And to be working with him was such a privilege. Let's have a little listen then. This Christmas, sand turns to snow from B. Yay!
Absolutely adore that, B. What Thank a catchy you. little tune it is. Lovely harmonies, and I love your voice as well. Get messages coming along. This has become one of my top five favourite Christmas songs since I came to Dubai. Big fan of this Emirati artist. We love your Christmas song. Uh, another message coming in. Uh, Cleo saying that she's very excited that you're on the radio and asking what you're going to be doing next. What's next on the horizon oh, for well, you? Well, um, so hopefully by... Uh, uh Early next year, I drop my EP. There are a couple of songs that I'm yeah. currently working on, yeah. and I'm very excited about that. And probably shooting a couple of videos to support that EP into like a visual album. Okay. Yeah. And any live um, performances? Um, uh, hopefully, very soon. Yeah. Hopefully, we're still in negotiations with certain places. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's all it's all about you know delivering. A performance and and giving people what they want. Yeah, you yeah. like you like a, a, a kind of the the big show stopping moments. I think, don't I, you? You I, know, I, the, I love the glamour, the the, the, yes. the clothes, the dancing, yeah. everything that goes into it. I guess so, and and I think it is so exciting to be from this part of the world and and doing that because I haven't seen anyone done done this so far, mm-hmm. and it's just like you know what, let's do it and see where we go from there. What would the dream be for you? The real big dream. Uh, never, never to never. First of all, I would never. Uh, I would love to perform in Japan and yeah. in China. Okay. That was a big dream. Right. Why? Why is that? Uh, I love those cultures. Like it's, yeah. it's just and, Japan. And, uh, amazing. Japan is amazing with with the way they appreciate music and art and anime and all of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, other than that, is hopefully touring. Like I would yeah. love to go on tour. I would like. I would love to be on a bus. I would love to go from town to town and yeah, just learn live about that tour these, life. Yeah. And one thing I've not asked you yet: B. Where does that name come from? Interesting. Okay, so my actual name is Ibrahim. Right. So back in 2000, when my sister had our first baby boy, my nephew, yeah. my one, yeah, uh, who is 19 now, uh, he didn't know how to say Ibrahim. Okay. So he called me B. B. <laughs> B, B. And it's just stuck from there. Yeah. And it just like everyone knows me as B. It, so it, like, it, it suits you perfectly, Thank I think. You. <laughs> it really does suit you. B. Oh, we love that. Another message from Susan. What a fantastic Christmas song you're playing. I've never heard this track before, but I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you, Susan. I think we need to keep it on the playlist. What do you think? Uh, um, that's all yours. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> thank you so much. It's an honor. If people want to follow you, B, uh, find out, you know, uh, what's yeah. happening with your music, where, where do they need uh, to go to? On Instagram. Instagram, it's at B-E-E-K-H-E-M-E-I-R-I, B-E-L-Khamiri, at B-E-L-Khamiri, you know, us locals with our long names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, really great song Thank this you Christmas, Santa and Turns to Snow. Absolutely loved it, B. You're a fantastic personality. You, so you just kind of pop Thank off, you. Um, uh, off the microphone there. And we wish you well for the, uh, you so for the future. Thank you so much. It's been Come. an honor, and thank you for, for having me. It's thank a pleasure. So Come much. back and see us when you get more music Definitely, out. Definitely, yeah? I will. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. We are heading off to one of our favourite destinations right now, which is, of course, Global Village here in the city, and it's really coming to life even more than ever for the festive season. And uh, Executive Director of Marketing joins us, Jackie Allenby. Jackie, Merry Christmas to you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. So, there's a lot going to be happening at Global Village. Um, let's get started. What, what's, what can we expect if we come over there for uh, the festive season? Well, first and foremost is the tree. We have a giant Christmas tree, uh, 20, over 20, um, so it's a very tall tree. Yeah. We were very excited because last week Santa dropped in, literally, he skydived into Global Village, landed <laughs> in the middle of the park. He's a brave he guy, isn't he? For us. He certainly is. He, uh, he managed to skydive in and he didn't even lose his hat. Okay, so a skydiving Santa um, arrived at Global Village, really, to set everything off. So I'm guessing there's a real festive feel already around the park. Yes, there is, and everybody's uh, rushing around getting all their Christmas gifts. Uh, We've got 3,500 shops, um, and the gifts are really good because they're very unique and very special, so uh, a good place to get all your Christmas goodies. We've also got a massive sleigh that we've put into Arabian Square and uh, singing Santa. I know how much you love singing. So there you go. We've got singing Santa <laughs> uh, in Arabian Square. And so you can come and sing your favorite festive songs with him. Yeah. I mean, when, when it and comes to the actual Christmas shopping, uh, I mean, you know, there's the unique things, I think, that you'll find um, in a lot of your pavilions that you just would not find anywhere else in the city of Dubai. You know, the, you've got some really kind of uh, special things that you can kind of discover. It's like going to a market and not knowing quite what you're going to find. Exactly. We've, I mean, this year we've got some, we did some gift guides this year because there's so many places. Um, so we thought we'd make life yeah. a little bit easier for people. And we, we unleashed some really fun things. There's The Russian Pavilion this year is phenomenal. Um, I We found a really beautiful barbecue set um, in leather, and which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So there's some really unusual gifts 
so to make it a bit a bit more special perhaps than just getting in your high street okay um i believe ripley's are, are kind of getting into the the spirit of things as well they certainly are um a very very unusual uh way of getting into it as, as we know ripley's are rather odd um and there's an incredible sculptor who um uh, apparently gave uh, one of his sculptures to the Queen, and apparently it's her, one of her favourite gifts ever, really? so we're told. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he sculpts micro sculptures, and he it's so delicate that he has to sculpt them between heartbeats because otherwise they might break. So it's a tiny, tiny, tiny Santa, um, and really worth seeing because they're very, very unusual. Yeah, it's always worth a, a trip down uh, Ripley's, believe it or not. You'll come across something that will blow your mind in there. There's no two ways about that. What about uh, the dining options? I know um, since I was there last, uh, you've, you've changed it up a lot. I believe your floating market is bigger than better than it, than it was in the past. Yes, floating market is now at Dragon Lake. Um, and we've uh, also added, um, and it will be great for the festive season, um, it, we've added the railway market where the floating market used to be. So there's a beautiful railway market. It's based on the Meklong railway market from Thailand. And it's desserts. It's just all desserts. So pastries and cookies and ice cream and everything that you're allowed to eat at at Christmas that you're not allowed to eat the rest (laughs) of the year. (laughs) All right. Um, Now, what's the guest scan purchase a gift wish for their children? Tell me a little bit more about that. So we've launched an activation, which um, is a really, really fun thing. It's called Message in a Bauble. And <laughs> kids can come and uh, we're, we're charging five dirhams for each bauble and all the money, all the proceeds are going to charity. And there's a list of wishes that the kids can uh, choose. Yeah. And then they float the bauble, they throw the bauble in the fountain and every night... At 11 p.m., uh, Santa will choose one of the baubles and the kid will get their wish. And the wishes are kind of experiencing, so things that money can't buy. So, for example, one of them is you can get a ride in one of the stunt cars. Okay. Which you can't normally do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get your picture on the big wheel. Wow. Um, so some really, really fun stuff for, for, for the kids. So we're quite excited about that. Absolutely brilliant idea is that one. I'm loving that. And message in a bubble. Uh, I'm sure you must have had the police song in your mind when you came up with that, sir, Jackie. Um, that, now, what, what about New Year's? Uh, you know, Christmas is going to be brilliant uh, at Global Village, uh, but always December 31st is a blast. What have you got planned for the new year? Well, as you know, we like to celebrate cultures and customs from around the world. Yep. So this year, um, as most years, we celebrate um, not only the UAE's midnight, we celebrate midnight in other countries. Normally, we do seven. This year, special year, we're doing eight. So eight firework displays. Wow. Um, and the first one will actually be daytime fireworks because it's not dark enough to do nighttime fireworks. So we really wanted to add more countries and celebrate with people from around the world. So uh, we are going to be running eight firework displays for eight different countries. 
That sounds brilliant for, for New Year's Eve. Um, when it comes to ticketing and to come to Global Village, do we need to get a special ticket for New Year or is it the standard? Just, just tell me a little bit about that side of things. It's just a normal ticket price. So it's um, probably the best value in town. Uh, we, our tickets are still 15 dirhams online um, and 20 dirhams at the gate. So it's an incredible value and it's a really good time for, for families. Okay, and if we want to follow you and uh, you know find out a little bit more um, detail about what's happening at Global Village, where do we need to head to? And I know there's an app as well, isn't there? There certainly is. Um, you can download our app, the Global Village app. Uh, you can go on our website, globalvillage.ae, or you can follow our social media channels and get the freshest news as it happens. Great stuff. Uh, Jackie, are you going to be skydiving um, in, into Global Village for, for Christmas at, at any time? I will. I will not. The, the, I, I will be wearing a Santa hat, but I will not be skydiving anytime soon. <laughs> Jackie, it's always fantastic to have a chat with you. She's, uh, of course, executive director of marketing at Global Village. Once again, a happy Christmas to you, Jackie, and and thanks very much for uh, spending your time on lunch with Lloyd. Sun's gonna shine on everything. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Only on Dubai I 103.8. You certainly are, and welcome back into the show. Thursday, looking forward to uh, the weekend. And I'll tell you, I've got one of the most colourful characters that I've had for a long, long time in this studio. I'm, I'm expecting a rock star, and he is a rock star. Joseph Tawadros joins us on the show, uh, one of the world's leading oud performers and composers. Joseph, how are you? Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm pretty uh, pretty chuffed to be here. I know, look at that shirt. My oh, goodness. Well, I mean, you know, I've got a face for radio, as they say. <laughs> now, uh, of course, you're uh, uh, Egyptian roots, but you've yeah. got a very different accent. So yeah. tell me about your, your life and where you grew up. Yeah, well, I, I was born in Egypt and my family immigrated to Australia when I was two. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, they loved Arabic music and the culture and we were yeah. always brought up on stories of, uh, you know, the homeland. And yeah. so I picked up the instrument, in, you know, to get in touch with my roots and, and just took it from there. And this is why I'm in Dubai now. But, um, yeah, very much into traditional Arabic music. But now I'm uh, blending uh, my kind of take on all sorts of things and trying to collaborate with different artists and uh, get the old out there because I think it's a great instrument and it is. It's it a should be for instrument. everyone. It should be. I yeah. mean, was it difficult getting lessons, uh, you know, in Australia uh, and actually finding the instruments as well? Well, well yeah. Uh, no, we had a family friend that had one and then we had a family friend that uh, played a little bit. So he, he started me on my journey. But I was more or less uh, teaching myself and watching yeah. old clips and the internet was really starting to rev up then. Yeah. And so I was watching clips and just learning. Uh, from that and that's why kind of my technique developed from just watching all different players and playing with other instrumentalists who were some of the players that you really admired that, oh well uh, um, I've actually been very lucky to record with some of my, my heroes oh, so wow. people like you know John Abercrombie John Patitucci uh, Bella Fleck yeah. uh, Roy Ayers even wow, um, Roy on Ayers. an album yeah <laughs> um, so that was all all a bit of fun and my family grew up listening to all types of music as well my yeah. brother was into guitar and so I got that funk jazz uh, right. bluesy element as well can you get that sound out of an ode well this is what I've been doing. I've, I do have a piece called Bluegrass Nacrees, which mixes Arabic uh, an Arabic sound with bluegrass.
bluegrass. Nice. So, <laughs> Tell me about the instrument itself yeah. and a bit about the instrument. And the, you know, how many strings does an, an oud have? Uh, it's got twelve, but they're in doubles, so they're, they're like a twelve-string guitar. So they're grouped in doubles and they're, they're tuned the same yeah. uh, to each other rather than an octave apart or something like that. But it's it, it's it's almost like a, as my friend says, a pregnant guitar. <laughs> it's like a guitar with a big round, yeah, back. big belly at the um, back. But it's 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 one of the great symbols of Middle Eastern music, and it's uh, the most prominent instrument in the Middle East. It's as prominent as the piano or the guitar. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that's very important, also historically important, because it's the ancestor of the guitar as well. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. It's a beautiful yeah. instrument. A lot of people there. don't know that it's, uh, you know, air oud is the ancestor of air guitar. So, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Now, you're going to be doing some uh, performances um, in Dubai. Where, yep. where, can, where and when can we see you? Uh, so on Saturday uh, night, I'll be performing at the Dubai Opera House, Music in the Studio. Uh, I've performed there before a couple of years ago and really great reception. I yeah. really love performing here and uh, it's got a good vibe and uh, a diversity of people and a, an interesting demographic of all sorts of people. So I really love performing in Dubai and then I'm going to be hitting expo at the australian oh, wow. the australian pavilion uh, where you're going to hear all your true blue aussie wood classics of course it's a lovely um, pavilion i must say i went around it a couple of weeks ago yeah. it's, it's a really cool pavilion. Oh, we do well the aussies I mean, yeah we're know. doing all right you so. are anyway joseph as you brought yeah. the instrument along i think you're gonna you know strum us something uh, what are you gonna do sure, for us well, I might, since we went on that kind of bluesy run i might play that uh, bluegrass in the crease piece oh, lovely. Just a little short version of that i didn't prepare the tuning for it but easily fixed. So here is a piece called Bluegrass Nacrees. This is once again Joseph Tawadros live on Dubai I-103.8. Oh, wow, Joe. 
<laughs> I have never, ever, ever heard an Ood played like that. Oh. That, that was just mind-blowing. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> it really was. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and yeah. suddenly, wow, what a technique you've got oh, as thanks, well. thanks, man. Thank you. You know, you know just the good old Aussie Ood playing yeah, <laughs> Just brilliant. I, yeah. I'm guessing as well, yeah. um, you know, uh, alongside that style of music, yep. you play the more uh, contemporary classical stuff as well, uh, do you? Or I, not? No, I do kind of more the improvisational style, but I'm presenting more uh, original music. So okay. uh, pieces and, and pieces I've composed for the instrument, which are more contemporary, and um, also to emotions as well, because I, I like picking, you know, it's almost like a, a prog rock kind of it thing. It is. Where, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I, thinking yes. I do yes. love that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's um, yeah, a lot of it's uh, towards emotion as well. And I, I think that's the great thing with music is that, you know, you can connect with uh, strangers on mm. an emotional level. And that's why I like to compose too. So there, there are different pieces, different aspects uh, of my life as well. And so that's why I think uh, the audience... I have a bit of fun. I'm seeing here as well that you've uh, performed your own works with the BBC Symphony Orchestra yeah. of yeah, the actually, Proms. I, actually, a few years ago here at the Dubai, uh, Dubai, I think it was 2017, I played with the BBC Symphony. With the, there was a oh, proms. yeah, they had the Proms here. Yeah, they had the, the Proms. Yes, I was yeah. a part of the first Proms here. And so that was exciting with the BBC Symphony and it was a great crowd. And um, yeah, I love being part of uh, you know the Dubai cultural uh, landscape. Yeah, and what's in store for you um, for the future? You know, have Oud will travel? Well, have you, you got know, tours that's the thing. It's been hard the last couple of years with, uh, you know, good old corona <laughs> but um uh, hopefully i have an australian tour after that so i've got some concerts with the uh, adelaide uh, symphony orchestra as well as the australian chamber orchestra and the sydney festival and things like that mm-hmm. but who knows it's always up for grabs I you know, know. Oh, if- little omicron you know sneaking in <laughs> if rick waitman's listening i think you two would be the perfect combination of rick waitman of yes of course yeah. i mean did you listen to prog rock yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I loved it i mean it's it's always great like, you know pink floyd and yeah um you know even jesus christ superstar yeah, that was yeah. kind of you know for me. It just had Fantastic such a great music. vibe. It's just the the wealth of melody and also the story. You know the the real journey. You kind of commit to a piece. You don't just listen to the middle of it. Or mm. you know, and that's what I love. Um, you know that you can start and have a middle and have an ending rather than just you know a, a track on a playlist. Yeah. Do you have a family of ouds? How many do you own? Uh, I own a few ouds. A lot of them are in Australia, but I live in London now, so I have oh. about five there. Um, but the family's always growing. <laughs> yeah, I can, <laughs> I'm always, yeah. Always I mean, on the lookout. are there really valuable ouds? That I, I actually have a sponsorship. Um, I'm, I'm like Eric Clapton, you see. Oh, <laughs> I've right. Got, I've got a Joseph Twyder signature series, uh, a woodmaker who makes them in Istanbul. Actually, my instrument has an extra. Uh, string, so I think you the, need it for playing like well, that. You know, <laughs> just give, give me a little bit more bass. But um, the, the ouds, ouds usually tend to be a six-course instrument, um, so you either have an extra bass or an extra treble. But if you have a seven-course instrument, you get the b- best of both worlds. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's a really great instrument, and and uh, one that I think um, people can just really enjoy and get behind, rather yeah. than it just being culturally Middle Eastern. Oh, I'll tell you, you've opened my eyes to that instrument today. Oh, you. you know, <laughs> that I've only seen it played oh, thanks, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe in restaurants, mm. very quietly, very. Gently. Gently, but yeah, yeah. wow, you just well—that's that's, that's where my career will end. Most wood players, you know, they go to restaurants and then just yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I want to book a table at the restaurant yeah, where, yeah, where you're yeah, going to yeah, be get playing. Get one in now. <laughs> <laughs> just get a booking next to the wood player. So once again, um, you're going to be playing at Dubai Opera when? Uh, on Saturday night at eight p.m. Yeah, and then you're going to be off down to, to the uh, Australian to Pavilion, raising yeah. the the flag. But I'll sneak into the Egyptian pavilion as well. I mean, I, I, yeah, love I, I am Egyptian. I love it. You I know, think you ought to. I'm hiding in an Australian man's body or Joseph, an Egyptian man's body. <laughs> total respect to you. You've really uh, made our day here on Lunch with Lloyd. Oh, and uh, ha- have a great stay. Thank in, you so in much.